It's me, David Webb, and here's a highlight from today's show on Sirius XM Patriot. couple of issues on the table uh, with my next guest, Representative Greg Stubbe from Florida's 17th District. Uh, first of all, Congressman, good to have you here again. Uh, let's, uh, let's dive into a couple of these things. Uh, the CPB commissioner, for example, uh, getting ready to retire, likely to retire uh, in uh, possibly as early as November. What does that mean for the service? Well, you, you you're talking Customs and Border Patrol. Yes. Yeah. I, I, unfortunately, nothing is going to change with the disastrous policies of this administration. With Mayorkas still there, and obviously the open border policies of this White House. So I don't think anything's going to change. Quite frankly, um, now that it looks like we're going to win the majority, I think I think that'll probably be called today. Um, the number one issue that we're going to deal with in the Judiciary Committee is holding the administration and Mayorkas accountable for the atrocity that is occurring with the invasion of our southern border. I mean, the numbers were just released for October, 230,000 more illegal immigrants that have come in. That's more than one of my entire counties in my district. Population of Charlotte County is 190,000. That's on top of what it was in September, on top of what it was in August. It's been like 4.5 million illegal apprehensions since Joe Biden has taken office. And the only way that we stop that is for the Republican majority to hold them accountable through the appropriations process, oversight and investigations. And that goes to my question, because things change once a retirement is in place. It becomes harder to have oversight uh, once out of service, Uh, not impossible. If given the majority and the subpoena power, uh, which, you know, it varies by committee and in the speaker's hands, certainly whoever the speaker is, are the Republicans willing to subpoena and enforce subpoenas against People like uh, Richard Bonner, who, if he retires, would be the former CPB commissioner. Oh, absolutely. And regardless of whether they're still in the agency or not, doesn't mean that they are not going to be subpoenaed by us to testify in a deposition under oath. And not only will we have the public hearings, but we'll have depositions of these individuals where we will cross-examine them with documents, where we will ask them all of these tough questions, and quite frankly, do it in a way where we'll work our way up to my workus um, with all of the testimony from all these different individuals. And um, it's going to not be good for the Biden administration, especially with immigration and Mayorkas, when we get the gavels in the Judiciary Committee. We've already had planning sessions about it. We've already sent letters uh, to the administration and uh, Mayorkas on things that we are expecting them to provide to us, setting the stage for us when we get the gavels and subpoena power in January. Let's follow this uh, path for a moment. Uh, The subpoena goes out, the testimony under oath, maybe there's some behind closed doors. That also happens as well in front of the public eye. But where does that take us? Because the accountability requires action. The Democrats have retained the Senate uh, control. They have the White House. So while transparency is important and I think probably the most effective part of this process to lay everything bare for the American people. What about accountability or removal of, let's say, an Alejandro Mayorkas? Yeah, that becomes very challenging with not taking the Senate because you need 60 votes to remove. 
So if we move forward with impeachment proceedings here in the House, which I believe we will, uh, if we vote to impeach him in the House, it goes then to the Senate for a trial and removal, and you need 60 votes for removal. Uh, I can't see Democrats voting to remove him um, from the secretary position, which is why it's so important that we take um, the Senate back in 24 and then obviously the White House. But I think your first point is the most illustrative of our duty is making sure that the information and the transparency to the American people of what has actually been going on and lay bare to the American people the facts that intentionally and deliberately this administration has been violating federal law that Congress passed years ago at the southern border to the detriment of our health, our safety, and the welfare of Americans to tee things up politically, obviously, in 2024. But the biggest thing that we need to do is make sure that the American people get all of this information and how atrocious that it has been. And that this is intentional and deliberate, that these violations of federal law on the border aren't just uh, because they're overwhelmed. It's because it's the intention of this administration to have an open border policy because their number one bill in the House and their number one bill in the Senate is to allow every illegal immigrant the ability to vote. In one seat, Republicans will have control of the House. And all the things we've discussed, there's one other weapon on the table or one other uh, possibility on the table, and that is the purse. The House controls the purse. House Ways and Means Committee oversight. But if the Republicans are in control of the House, and this has not developed well over the past, I don't know, 20 or 30 years that I've been watching this, but using the power of the purse to force an action. If you're going after a Mayorkas, uh, names will be called, allegations will be thrown out, everything will be thrown at you. But are Republicans willing and really capable of using the power of the purse to force some kind of policy alteration, if not a complete change, for example, with the southern border? Yes, and you've hit the nail on the head how we can accomplish policy objectives as a nation using the power of the purse in the House. And it's easy to do that, say, for – well, it's easy to do it on any of these agencies. But take, for example, immigration. You add a writer, a one-sentence or two-sentence writer to their budget that says not a single dollar of this fund shall be used to allow an illegal immigrant to enter our country. And if they violate that appropriations from Congress, it's a felony. So there's ways that we can accomplish policy objectives through the appropriations process, and that will be the power that we will have uh, even if it's only a one or two vote margin in the House, I can't see a single Republican voting against that. In fact, I, I think you'll see a couple of Democrats vote for that when we take the majority back to hold this administration accountable. And that's exactly how we'll go about doing it. But you, you can understand, Representative Stubbe, that when I look at the history of taking the necessary next step to, to hold the funds, to, to use the power of the purse, it doesn't happen. And is this leadership or whatever the leadership will be today's the announcements who's running for their new positions and all of this is going on today. But the next step doesn't happen. And we're told this. I've been told this by many people over the years, over the decades. We're going to do this. And I still keep looking for it to happen. I think it will. Uh, Leader McCarthy has said that he's going to do this. And I think that we have such a conservative conference now that if he doesn't, um, that the conference will look towards uh, new leadership uh, if he doesn't do the things that he's saying he's going to do. And I, we've had 
private conference meetings discussing these issues. It was discussed yesterday in the forums for the different leadership races about how the appropriations process is going to work. And I think focusing on those 80% issues for the American people, like immigration and the border, not a shotgun spray of like 50 different issues that people care about, but focusing on the the 80% issues that the majority of the American people support us on, like immigration and shutting down the border and illegal immigration, and put those riders on the appropriations bill and then dare Joe Biden to uh, shut down the government over it, I think the American people will be with us on those issues. Well, the American people are there. The party leadership needs to get there. I, look, Amen. this audience is there. You know, th- there's a time where adults, it's a time to play hardball and realize that th- it's not a matter of win or lose, uh, that you won't be attacked. That will happen. That happens whether you do it or not. When I say you, the general, the Republican conference, uh, but we'll we'll see what happens there. Color me uh, slightly cynical because history proves otherwise. Let's see if you're correct. And this time they're actually uh, going to take this on in the leadership. Uh, let's bring it home to something, uh, certainly to your constituents and Florida residents that have been affected by Hurricane Ian. Uh, it's been reported that uh, because of delays uh, or tax uh, processing uh, being delayed by the IRS, uh, Small Business Administration disaster relief has been backlogged and uh, preventing Floridians from getting their disaster relief. What's that situation right now? Well, the situation is dire for these individuals that mostly in my district that have been affected by Hurricane Ian that are trying to process FEMA claims and SBA disaster relief aid. They're being denied relief for their homes being destroyed because due to no fault of their own, the IRS has 5.1 million unprocessed individual returns. And if your return from 2021 hasn't been processed, not saying it hasn't been filed, it's been filed, it hasn't been processed because we have an IRS that's completely broken and also politicized. But because those, those returns have not been processed, I have people in my district who are filing for SBA assistance and filing for FEMA assistance, and they're being denied solely on the basis that their IRS returns for 2021 has not been processed. They've been filed, they just haven't been processed. And we've sent uh, numerous letters. Uh, I've talked about this. Uh, It's absolutely atrocious that because the IRS can't do their job in a timely manner, that the people in my district whose homes have been destroyed don't have the ability to get the resources they need to get their lives back together. My guest, Representative Greg Stubbe from Florida's 17th District. Uh, you know, looking ahead to what I mentioned earlier, the, you know, the today's the day, you know, who wants what position. It's kind of the the roundup of who seeks leadership positions in in the House. Are you supporting Kevin McCarthy or are there other alternatives? There was we had the forum yesterday and there was no other person that announced that they were running uh, against uh, Leader McCarthy. I have heard through news reports, although I haven't talked to him personally, that Andy Biggs is intent on or is going to be nominated today in the actual forum or in the actual elections. But he had the, if he was going to do it, he had the opportunity yesterday uh, to announce he was running, have the, the conference, ask him questions. Um, so I suspect that McCarthy will win overwhelmingly today in the election. And it is my hope, if that is the case, that we, we unite as Republicans 
um, and hold him accountable if he doesn't do what he's saying he's going to do, but unite behind our leadership. Because if, you know, if we're at 219, 220, 221, three members can um, not vote for whatever leader's designated today. And obviously we're going to have a situation that last time we ended up with Paul Ryan, uh, who obviously wasn't certainly conservative in the way that he governed as speaker. And uh, I don't know who else could get to 218. So it's going to be interesting to see how it all unfolds today. But uh, yesterday at the forum where every member had the opportunity to run and announce their candidacy, the only person running for speaker was Kevin. Maybe a small issue to many up there, but but exit question is more of a David Webb question here, something that I've talked about for years. One of the, and you mentioned Paul Ryan, which reminds me of this, because it's something I specifically asked him about uh, when he was speaker. Raising money for committee assignments. For me, as a as a Republican, as a conservative, as a, a guy who favors meritocracy, I find that, frankly, offensive because it takes away the ability to put people in place with real skills in committee chairmanships. Is that something that that has any chance or that you would support being changed in this next round in this next Congress? I would support 100% that being changed, and I think the American people want – we should be putting our best players on the field in a position that they can be most effective for the country and for the conference. So if that's a lawyer who has skills in being in the Judiciary Committee, that's where they should be. If it's somebody that has a business and should be on the Ways and Means Committee, that's where they should be. If they have certain skills, like I served in the military, uh, if I was to be on the Intelligence Committee, those type of skills that can be best used for the betterment of our country and for the conferences where people should be put. Not, hey, you have to you know, raise this amount of money for the NRCC to then be even considered for these positions on the Steering Committee uh, to be placed. I 100% and there was... Um, some attempts to try to change that process yesterday that obviously the majority of the conference didn't vote for, but I absolutely support a complete reform on how that works. We should be putting our best players, not to use a baseball metaphor, but we should be putting our best hitters and our best best players on the field in the positions in which they can be most effective for not only our conference and Republicans, but the country. Yeah. I mean, you can understand the frustration, uh, Ben, based on your response. I think you do understand the frustration of Americans and Republicans who see this and see us acting more like Democrats. Yep. Uh, I'm going to keep pushing that one, Representative Stubbe. I will push it till the day I leave this microphone. Uh, But something needs to be done. Something needs to be done about these things. Thank you, as always. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. Representative Greg Stubbe, Florida, 17th District. You can join me live on The David Webb Show Monday to Friday, 9 to noon east on Sirius XM Patriot 125.